What up, guys? This is the Chase Down. I'm JP, and I'm here with my co-host, Ben. What up, guys? And today we're just going to go through all 30 first-round picks for you guys. Last night was so much fun. Some sneaky picks in the top six, um, some wild trades here and there for teams moving up and down. Just, just a lot of excitement. Super fun to watch. I'm just going to hop right into it, Ben. Pistons draft Cade Cunningham. We all kind of saw this coming. What do you think about the pick? Um, I mean, we – I think there are some of these things that we'll have a lot to say about. Cade's not one of them. We've talked about him being the number one overall pick for weeks. Uh, it was tweeted out the morning of the draft, so we knew it was going to happen way before ESPN started airing it. Yeah. Um, this was an obvious pick for the Pistons. I think they just have a lot of really good young talent now. Um, they need more scores. They need like a good pure scorer would be great on this team. Someone that Cade can fire passes to. Yeah. Um, but I, I, this is just, it's the, it's the excellent choice. I think Mobley may end up being the best player in the class, but this was a no brainer. I totally agree. Six eight can ball handle. Going to be the number one option the second he steps in the organization. So, yeah, can't, kind of a no-brainer there. So, I'll go to the Rockets. Jalen Green, kind of the same thing. We had an idea he was going to go to the Rockets. Um, started to cool off on him a little bit before the draft, but I still think he's going to be 25 points per game for a long, long time in his career. And now the Rockets have a go-to scorer. Uh, me and you were talking about it a little bit this morning over text that – it's kind of crowded with players who just want to get their own buckets. Not a lot of ball movement going on, but we'll be talking about the Rockets a lot later in this draft. And I know me and you both love what they did. Yes. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into each pick as they made it, but if they can just get a passer on this team, they have so many interesting, unique scoring options. They yeah. really do have a lot of promise after this draft, but yeah, Jalen green was the right choice. Uh, I think he's, Probably right now going to be looked at for rookie of the year. Like whenever those bets start coming in, I think Jalen Green will get the most of them, um, him and Cade. But he's going to be a six scorer for the whole for his whole career. We'll see if he'll add anything more. Yeah. Um, next, Cavaliers draft Evan Mobley. You guys know how I feel about Evan Mobley. I think he's going to be the best player in this class. But, Ben, I know you're also starting to come around on it. So this is the right pick here, right? This is the right pick, yeah. I think I, I just said it a little earlier, but I think Mobley may end up being the most talented player in this draft, like the best overall career. Um, he is just a, a generational big man, and it sucks that he is twig-shaped, uh, but he will put on muscle, and he will be a force at the five, and until then, he will be sick next to Jared Allen at the four. Yeah, the Cleveland really got a centerpiece. The top three teams really all got centerpieces. We all kind of knew that's how it was going to go. But, yeah, they have franchise cornerstones. Now, this is where the draft gets to be a little bit more fun. So, me and you had Jalen Suggs going to the Raptors all year long. Um, and Scotty Barnes was selected by the Raptors at four. Is this the right pick, or do you think they're going to regret it? Or what do you have to say about this? I don't want to look like an idiot and get burned here. Mm -hmm. um, right now, Scotty Barnes is like a lower version of Draymond Green. Just a really good two-way forward who can bring the ball up for you, who can make smart passes, and who has no idea how to play offense. Um, he has worked his ass off, though, in, the, in his last year. He started as a god-awful free-throw shooter, and his last – 40 attempts I think he shot at 76 percent 
Um, so towards the end of the season, he did start to improve as a free throw shooter. And if you can get the form down from there, I think you can figure out shooting from the rest of the floor. Um, if Toronto feels like they can develop him, he will be amazing. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I was super high on Scotty Barnes for a long time, and I started to cool off on him going into the draft process because jump shooting is very important in today's NBA. So it made me a little like apprehensive, but honestly, man, what the Raptors have done with so many different players, being able to teach them how to be competent basketball players, like you, guys like Chris Boucher, who just kind of were like okay basketball players and now he's like a quality starter or quality player in the NBA. I think I think they could mold uh Scotty Barnes offensive game pretty easily, honestly. I think they could too, but I will say Jalen Suggs should have been the fourth pick. Um, I, th- I think I- he's great for Orlando. I really think Orlando has been in mediocrity for so long. Really not sure what direction they're going in if they try to if they want to try to compete or try to rebuild. They've been in between for so long. Um, Jalen Suggs is going to bring some real leadership. I think in a big way compared to how Jaw did to Memphis. I think he's going to bring that kind of leadership and that kind of readiness to play. Um, And the Magic hit with the number eight spot, and we'll get to it later. I think that this this is really promising for the Magic, but Jalen Suggs should have been the fourth pick. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I love Scotty Barnes, but I think I like Suggs a little bit better. Um, Like you said, he's going to come in. He's going to be a great option for your team offensively, defensively, as a leader, as a teammate. He's kind of just the total package. Um, And for a team, the Magic, who have struggled and, like you said, have been in mediocrity for such a long time, I think this is a really good player to kind of start your rebuild with because I don't think Cole Anthony is going to do anything. I don't think RJ Hampton is going to be anything. I don't think Markel Fultz is going to be anything. Like, they have three guards on that team, but this is by far the best one already, and he hasn't taken a single play in the NBA yet. So, yeah, glad that glad that he fell to the Magic for the Magic. I feel kind of bad for him, though, because I feel like Toronto would have been a great landing spot for him. Yes, yeah, his development would have been, I think, leaps and bounds better if he went to Toronto instead of Orlando. Orlando doesn't really develop talent. They just give you the opportunity to develop on your own. Um, and Suggs may be able to do that, but Nick Nurse is a genius, and we've seen that Toronto can develop talent. So I think it was smart of them to take Scotty Barnes for the hope that he could be some sort of Ben Simmons with a jump shot. Yeah. Um, ben Simmons with a jump shot, that is one of the best players in basketball. If Scotty Barnes could shoot, he'd be the number one overall pick. Yeah, without a like, doubt. Like easily. The dude's – probably the best defender in the draft outside of Mobley. And he's an excellent passer, like elite passer. If he just even had an okay jump shot, he'd be going number one over Cade. So um, I think both teams really did a nice job. I think the top five is solid all the way through. This is where it gets super exciting. Me and you texted each other. Wow. Like, holy shit. Once we saw this pick, Josh Giddy to the thunder and me personally, I love it. SGA six foot six, Josh Giddy six foot eight, Alexi Alexi Pokusevsky seven foot one. Those are all ginormous playmakers. Like Poku, he can shove out passes. Giddy's an amazing passer. SGA more of a scorer, but he still has the passing intellect to make some nice passes. I just think it's got a super weird team, and I think it's going to be super fun to watch. Yeah, this is going to be 
up to the coach to make this a play like a really good team. I think it's possible with the talent, but yeah, it's a little unorthodox. I have been talking about Josh Giddy for a long time. I think that he is great here at number six to the Thunder, higher than I would have expected him to go. But I, honestly, I think the Warriors would have taken him seventh if the Thunder took Kaminga. Um, he needs to learn how to shoot. He can score a bit inside. He's not a crafty finisher because he's not the craziest athlete, um, but he's smart. Um, if he learns how to shoot with the amount of shot creation and ball handling and playmaking that's on this team right now is really, really crazy. Poku is a great passer. Mm-hmm. Um, those are three guys at like point guard, small forward center who can all handle the ball and make really good passes. If you have good shooters around them, or if they can learn to be good shooters themselves, this is a deadly team very soon. And I talked about this when we first started our podcast about the LaMelo draft and stuff like that. I think a good way to draft is identify people that have elite skills. Maybe they're not the full package, but do they have an elite skill where they can walk into the NBA and be in like the 90th percentile of that skill? And I think Josh Giddy can walk into the NBA and be one of the best passers in the league the second he steps in, despite not being great at defense, not great at finishing, can't really shoot. Like there's a lot of holes in his game, but if he's on the Thunder, he's going to have plenty of time to kind of figure it out. He doesn't need to rush to be an all-star or an all-NBA type caliber anytime soon. He can take his sweet time to kind of figure it out. Right, and the thing that I think actually is a little good to see is that his shot, his jump shot from three-point range is a bit broken. Um, And you'd rather it be that he's a bad shooter with a bad shot than a bad shooter with a good shot because that's a lot harder to fix. Um, I think he'll be able to fix that jump shot eventually. But, yeah, you're right. There's absolutely no rush for him to learn. Um, He's just going to get a lot of really, really good experience on this team. I totally agree. And speaking of uh, a bad shot with good form, Jonathan Kaminga goes to Golden State at seven. I personally like the pick here. I know me and you were shitting on Kaminga quite a bit. Um, Every single NBA GM didn't seem to fall in love with him. But if he was going to go anywhere, we we talked about it last uh, yesterday. This is where he should go on the Warriors, coming off the bench. He'll play with Wiseman a bit. Draymond Green can kind of get on his head. Steve Kerr is an elite NBA head coach. So I think this is a good landing spot. I'm still not super high on him, but if he had to go anywhere, I think it would probably be the Warriors. Yeah, honestly, the Warriors had an excellent draft. Um, Draymond Green wanted this to happen. I don't know if you saw those reports that he texted Bob Myers when the Warriors were up and said, take Kaminga. Oh, Um, So he, I mean, if Draymond, he's the one who brought KD to the Warriors. He's a dude who knows how to build a team. Um, I trust his IQ. Kaminga's a good ball handler and can make good passes. He's a bad decision maker. Um, When he thinks of it, he makes very good passes. His passes aren't ugly. He just doesn't think of it very often. Um, I don't know how he'll fit into this team. I know defensively he'll be great. Uh, He just needs to not be a black hole on offense. And hopefully knowing that you have some of the best basketball players of all time around you will make you get your shit together and pass more. Uh, Because if he does that, he'll be a great piece for this team. I think so too. And I like how 
the Warriors are simultaneously trying to win a championship, but also bolster their future a little bit. Yeah. Like Kaminga is super raw. James Wiseman is super raw, but their athleticism is so ridiculous that if they even like somewhat figure it out, they're going to be decent players in the NBA for a lot for a long time. So I like how they were able to take a home run swing with Kaminga and especially the endorsement of Draymond Green. That makes me feel even better about it. So yeah, that was, that was a good pick for them. Yeah, I, I totally agree. He may eventually be one of the best players in this draft if everything pans out perfectly. Um, But the Warriors don't need that for years. So he's got some time to just be an important piece on a team and learn from some of the best in basketball. Um, And yeah, I think it's, it's absolutely perfect for him. Um, So number eight, the magic selected Franz Wagner. I think this is an A plus pick. Um, I think it's an A-plus draft for the Magic. Yes. Jalen Suggs and Franz Wagner are two such uh, floor raisers. Yep. Massive, massive floor raisers. This team with these two guys is automatically, I think, uh, 11 or 10 seed fighting for the play. Um, they'll be on the bottom end of it. I think it'll be a tough fight. Um, but they're just floor raisers, man. If you have a good coach and Jonathan Isaac is healthy, this could be a really good defensive and offensive team. I love the hope you have in that. I would love if the Magic could fight for a play-in. That'd be a super cool story. But going to Franz Wagner, like you said, wicked good floor raiser. And I heard reports that he grew to 6'11". So he's almost 7 foot. He shoots it okay from three. Great passer, great team defender. Led his team in steals, was second in blocks. Like, he's just such a great all-around player. Has a decent handle as well. So... That's the type of guy you drop into a situation and he's already a role player and you don't really have to worry about developing him because he kind of is who he is. He has a little bit more room to grow, but I mean, if he gets that three point ball to like 37%, 38%, he's going to be an excellent player for a really long time. So like you said, the magic a plus on their two choices, seriously. I'm just thinking about Franz Wagner, Jonathan Isaac, and like Mo Bamba being all on the floor at the same time. The height on that defense and subs. Um, The height and just the defensive capabilities on that team will be crazy. Yeah. They they have trouble getting buckets, though. That's always been their issue. So, yeah, we'll we'll see. But I do agree with you. They're both floor raisers, both picks, and I think that's going to lead to pretty good things. This is the pick – that first made me kind of like question because I loved every single pick up until this point, Davian Mitchell to the Kings at number nine. So they have the Aaron Fox, they have Tyrese Halliburton. They do have Buddy Heald for now. It seems like they're trying to ship him somewhere. Um, What do you think about the fit of a six foot defensive minded guard next to De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton? I'm actually not going to answer that question. And I'm going to say, it's the opposite is the good thing, not the fit. Um, the fit is the worst part of this, but he was the best player available. Yes. They yeah. wanted, they were trying to trade this pick for a player that could help them win now. And yeah. first of all, what are you doing, Sacramento? You were just one of the worst defensive teams in all of basketball, and now yeah. you're trying to win. Like, win what? But um, Davion Mitchell was the best player available here. I don't know how this will work out. I'm not like incredibly hopeful because De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton are a part of your future and they're both guards. Tyrese yeah. Halliburton, 6'5", 185 pounds. He's not really going to play the three very well unless he can put on some good muscle in the offseason. 
Davion Mitchell, if he's just a bench guard, he could take both of Fox and they could stagger the three of those guards and do an effective job. Uh, but it is a bit weird that the fit is not right. He's the best player available, but the fit is not right. Yeah, I agree. He, looking at the board, he probably was the best player left. But you could probably trade down and maybe grab him farther back. Or you could get a guy like Chris Duarte, who would definitely help you win right now. Corey Kisper even, to like right. supplement the shooting that Buddy Heald is probably going to leave on your team. So I'm, not, I'm just not super in love with it. I, I feel like Davian Mitchell could be a good player on this team, but just the fit is so strange. Because like you said, if they try doing that three-guard lineup that they did with Buddy Heald, like Tyrese Halliburton, as much as I love him and how good of a defender he is, he can't check threes. No. Like guys like Brandon Ingram and Jason Tatum are just going to eat him up. So it's like... I have a little bit of trouble seeing how that works out, but I like the player. I, I think he'll be okay. Yeah, I'm worried he'll be a little bit uh, lost on this team, especially if Buddy Heald doesn't go anywhere. There's just not enough minutes for all these players. Yeah. Um, maybe he gets traded eventually, and they just wanted him because he's a valuable asset. Um, but you're right; they could have draft, they could have traded down. That was something I expected to see a lot more of. Is some of these teams that reached could have gone down five or six picks. I, I'll talk about the Spurs at 12. Um, mm. But there's a lot of teams that could have traded down and kept the players that they wanted here. Yeah. But, I mean, he'll be a floor raiser, and he will help their bench. If that's all he does, I think that'll be a good thing, to be productive with De'Aaron Fox off the floor. Yeah, the one thing I like about the pick is they were the worst defensive team in the league and they get the best defensive guard in the draft. I yes. think that's a reasonable way to look at it. But just like on offense, I don't really get it. He's six foot. Like if he's if he is the 44% three-point shooter that he was in college in the NBA, this is a perfect pick. Because he can create off the dribble as well. Right. So if, if, he, if the shooting stands up, this is a genius pick. Mm -hmm. Whether it does, we'll find out. I'm just iffy on that fit. Right. Yeah, I'm a little bit iffy, but I'm – Besides Corey Kispert, there's not a lot of other big names that I really cared about them taking. Yeah. Um, so Memphis Grizzlies traded up. They took on Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams contracts. They got yeah. rid of Jonas Valanciunas, and they traded up to the 10th pick and drafted Zaire Williams, who was not ranked this high on most people's mock boards. How do you feel about this? Love it. Absolutely love it. You guys can check our Instagram. I predicted it before it even happened. I put out a four-minute video. I predicted they were going to pick him. Um, I just have an issue with the way the Memphis Grizzlies are built currently. I think their ceiling is the eighth seed every single year. They have one guy who has all-star potential, and then everyone else is a C-plus or B-minus player, and that doesn't win playoff series ever. Um, I view Zaire Williams as a complete home run swing. He could turn out to be Michael Porter Jr. Or he could turn out to be a bench player. That's the way I'm viewing him. But I think the risk is worth the reward. I think if he turns into MPJ, they turn into a team that can actually contend a little bit. You got Jaron Jackson Jr., who's a defensive anchor. John Morant, obviously electric. If he turns into like 18 points per game with like, seven rebounds and like a couple assists with good defense like this drastically changes the team so I, I really like the pick 
Yeah, I think I, I like what you said there. It is a home run pick. Zaire Williams is six foot nine, pretty skinny, nineteen mm-hmm. years old. Um, he was one of the best players in high school. Um, if there wasn't like if we didn't have to have a year of college, he probably would have gone top ten anyways. Yep. Um, but he had a terrible year at Stanford. Terrible. Like, and it's you see so many physical tools, you see the abilities that he has, and you hope that it'll work out. And I, I don't mind it. I don't mind the home run pick, but I just feel like he might have been available at 17, or maybe you could trade to like 13. Um, like, you didn't have to go all the way up to 10, get rid of Jonas Valanciunas, and take on Eric Bledsoe's contract to get this dude. But it could end up working out, and I could look like an idiot for questioning it. I will say, I believe they traded up to 10 for Josh Giddy, and I think they were caught off guard by him going at six. I yes. do not think they thought he would be dra- drafted that highly. Um, and once he was chosen, they were just like, who's the next on our board? And Zaire was that guy. Um, I-, I think it's going to work. I don't know if I'm being too naive, just ignoring the Stanford year. Um, I don't know if, like, I don't know what my expectations are for Zaire Williams, but I think he's going to be worth the pick at least. Yeah, I mean, if he's tall and he can hit lots of shots, that's somebody that John Morant can kick to all the time. The Grizzlies were a very bad three-point shooting team. They didn't take a lot of threes. Um, They need a good shooter, and if Zaire Williams can be that, he'd be huge for them. Right. Um, So the next pick is 11. The Hornets drafted James Booknight. Uh, we did not expect Booknight to be here. What were your opinions on this? So the mock drafts that we all saw, um, I think took a little bit too much stock into his pre-draft workouts. Um, he was hitting lots and lots of threes in front of coaches in empty gyms. And people thought that that would translate to him being a great three-point shooter in the NBA. Um, and there's a chance, but I mean, I think this is where he belongs. I think he'll be perfect next to LaMelo. Uh, We'll talk about their other pick a little later, but they've got – LaMelo has lob threats at every single position. Um, And if Booknight can be a three-point shooter, he doesn't need to do anything else for this team. Cut to the basket hard and catch lobs and hit threes, that is all he needs to do for the Hornets. I agree. He's just a bucket getter. And I've been watching more of his stuff. I started watching more of his stuff right before the draft. And I was like pleasantly surprised. And something I noticed was like the way he shoots the ball in the mid range is so smooth and so clean. And it goes in at a decent rate. I'm like shocked. He's bad at three point shooting. That's how good it is. Yeah. It looks so good from mid range. So I'm, I'm thinking eventually he will be able to figure it out. Um, they just have guards on guards on guards in, in Charlotte, which isn't a bad thing, right? Every team is looking for bucket getters who can play make a little bit. And I think Book Knight fits that mold. Um, and aside LaMelo too, like LaMelo can just be setting people up left and right. And he's going to get a lot of open shots. So I, I like the fit. I think it's a little crowded in that backcourt, whether off the bench or in the starting lineup. I think there's a little too many guards. So they'll probably end up shipping someone. Um, but as of right now, I think it's a good pick. Best player available for sure. Right. Yeah. Fit-wise, they'll need to get rid of somebody, but I think you – James Booknight is better than some of the guys on their team, or he's got the chance to be much better than Malik Monk and Devontae Graham, I think, especially. Um, yeah, I he is a re- pretty good scorer. Something I heard from Brandon Ingram when he got into the league 
was that he it took him a couple of years to develop the strength to hit threes comfortably mm-hmm. and to take a lot of them in a game and have the strength to hit them all and not be short. Um, yeah. And James Booknight's a skinny dude. So I think the reason he's a good shooter, but I think the reason he's bad at three point shooting is a strength thing. It's not like a inability to hit threes thing. Cause you're right. His mid range game is smooth. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So this is the pick that I probably dislike the most. Um, Spurs draft Joshua Primo, 18-year-old from Canada, went to Alabama, averaged eight points a game, good shooter. What did you think about them drafting him here? I think it's a little bit ridiculous. I am okay with getting burned on this. Um, He was not the best player available. I don't think he was the highest upside guy. I don't think he was the guy they needed most. Um, I think they could have talked to the, the Oklahoma City Thunder and traded 16 and 18 for 12 or 16 and some future firsts for 12. Yeah. Um, the, I, don't, I don't know why Joshua Primo got taken here. Maybe some of the other guys that they were really looking at were taken off the list too early. Um, I thought Shangun was going to go here. I would have liked to see him here. I like where he ended up, but um, I'm, I'm just not sure. He's 18 years old. I get the, the temptation. He's got some interesting tools, um, but eight points per game. I, I don't know how that's a that's a twelfth pick. He had a thirteen per in college, and anyone who likes per, that's not very good. So, I, it just he doesn't scream NBA star to me. I was talking to you through text. I see his ceiling being a bigger Patty Mills. So, like, are they? I kind of just saw it as are they just trying to replace him with youth and like maybe try to get some untapped skill out of him because he's so young and they can just kind of try things with him because that team's not doing anything for a while um I just I didn't understand it I I literally think he could have been there at like 20 at the Hawks pick or like you said um they he they could have traded way down for him so if they really like a guy go get him I believe in that philosophy but Joshua Primo I'm confused on what they saw from him that would make them want him at 12. Yeah I'm, I'm pretty confused as well um it may end up working out he's six foot six and yeah. at 18 years old he's got more room to grow and he's already a very fluid shooter mm-hmm. um that's really his only big skill right now is he his mechanics are excellent um and that's it. He's a good three-point shooter. Um, yeah. He's got a little bit of ability to ball handle, but nothing that you're very impressed by, just like maybe something you can build off of. Uh, I believe in the Spurs development team, though. Keldon Johnson was much better than anybody thought he would be. Lonnie Walker still got some room to grow. Um, but I believe in their ability to develop talent. I think even though it looks stupid now, it'll probably end up working out because it's San Antonio. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, I'm on the fence because San Antonio definitely does have that reputation just because of what they did with Kawhi, Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker, like all those guys. But it's been a while since they've hit a draft pick, man. Like DeJounte Murray is the last one. And still, he's not like a star or anything. He's just like Johnson is solid. He had multiple 2020 games last season. No, you're right. That's not nothing. He's a plus role player I would categorize him as so fine yeah yeah that's yeah but so I'm not expecting big things from Joshua Primo I'm I'm interested in to see how the Spurs use him I don't even know if he'll 
start, he'll definitely come off the bench. So um, yeah. I don't know if it was related, but DeJounte Murray tweeted as they were drafting uh, Joshua or yeah, Joshua Primo, he tweeted out a picture of him cringing Ooh. with like a whole bunch of cringe emojis. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Murray's a dude who's been thrown in a lot of trade rumors recently. Yeah. This is another yes. guard at a guard packed spot. Yeah. Derek White, Lonnie Walker, DeJounte Murray, now Joshua Primo. They've got a lot of people fighting for minutes there. Um, but I mean, if that helps, if that helps push them, then maybe that'll be good for Josh Primo. But yeah. the Pacers, this is what I think is interesting. Uh, took a man six years older than Joshua Primo. Yeah. This dude is Chris Duarte. He is, uh, I think, the same age, if not a couple months older than Devin Booker. Um, the seventh oldest draft pick since 1966. I, I, I'm not sure what to say. The, the only thing that I can say that's really solid about this is if he was a young guy, Rick Carlisle wasn't going to play him a minute anyways. And that's what I was going to say. I think this is a perfect fit. I think he's going to be a good player because Rick Carlisle does not play rookies. He doesn't bother developing them. He views rookies as a waste of time. He wants to walk into a situation where he can change the culture and win instead of having to cater to the younger players and teach them the game of basketball. So Chris Duarte knows exactly what he's doing. Um, he's going to walk in there and give them good three-point shooting. He's going to give them insane effort every single way up and down the floor. So I just think that's a pretty solid pick. No complaints from me at all. Yeah, he is an excellent catch-and-shoot guy. Um, and when you have good playmakers on the team, that might end up working out. Um, I don't like Karis LeVert with this, this squad because he's just too much about his own bucket. I hate Karis LeVert's game. <laughs> he's too much about his own bucket. When you put the ball in his hands, he's trying to score. Um, but, I mean, he is – Chris Duarte would fit on any team. It's just crazy to see him go this early. Yeah. So, next up, the Warriors at 14 draft – Moses Moody, who I think could end up being the steal of the draft. I saw him as high as eight. Um, people were saying he wouldn't get past the Spurs. Then when the Pacers came around, I was like, this has got to be a fit because he kind of knows what he's doing already. He fell to the Warriors, and like we said earlier, they've just got a nice young nucleus that they're creating over there in Golden State. Wiseman, Moody, and Kaminga, they can come off the bench, just give you some athleticism and energy. Um, I, I, I really enjoy the pick. I think that's a good defensive uh, potential player with the ability to knock down threes. I just think that's, that's a pretty solid pick at 14. Yeah, this was an excellent pick for Golden State. I think the Pacers and Warriors could have swapped their picks and it would have been the same sort of thing, yeah. uh, like just as good. But 6'6", with a seven foot one wingspan, 205 pounds. He's yeah. got a body ready for the NBA. He is already a very good shooter who plays hard defense. Um, this pick also got the Draymond Green stamp of approval. Um, Draymond texted Bob Myers before this pick and said, take Moody, and they took Moody. So he, he got both the picks that he wanted. And I just – I'm very, very excited for the Warriors' future. I thought they were going to take some okay role players. Um, but these guys have big upside. Moses Moody's got big upside. He's already coming into the league a good defender and a good three-point shooter. Um, if he can learn how to put the ball on the floor a little better, he, he'll be great. I think he'll be a good cutter. I think he'll be a good off-ball scorer. Um, I have nothing but high hopes for Moses Moody on the Warriors. 
And I kind of like the philosophy from the Warriors here. I know everyone was kind of expecting them to take players that would help them right now, but I think how many rookies actually help winning right away? I mean, there are guys like LeBron, Luka, um, I'm assuming Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, but like there are guys at that level, but that's about it. Like you're not finding players at 14 that are going to help you win games usually. Um, so why, might as well look towards the future and get a guy who has the potential to become a very skilled role player. I think that was a great pick. Yeah, yeah, definitely high enough floor that you can justify it because he will help right now. Yeah. Um, but high enough ceiling that it, this isn't just we needed an extra piece for this championship run we're trying to go on. They are trying to build something towards the future. Um, I think that they nailed it. The Rockets, the Warriors, and the Magic, I think, had the best draft here. Maybe Charlotte right behind them. Um, but Warriors, just they, they got to be very, very happy that they were able to get both of their guys. Totally agree. Moving on, the Wizards. I loved this pick. Corey Kispert to the Wizards. Um, I think having Davis Bertans and Corey Kispert on the same team can be viewed as a negative or as a positive. I'm choosing to look at it the positive way. <laughs> because there's not going to be much defense played on that team because Corey Kispert, even though he tries really hard, he's not athletic enough to stay in front of NBA threes, I don't think. But he's, he's, he's one of those shooters that gets, like, white hot. Like, he can, like, torch the rim type of stuff. And Bertans is the same way. So, like, a 12-point lead against the Wizards will not be safe at all with those two on the floor at the same time. So... I like the pick. I think shooting is something you always need. So they got the best shooter in the draft, and I think it's a good fit. He ranked number one in the NCAA last season in points per possession. Um, so he was the most efficient offensive player in the NCAA last year. Um, he will be an amazing shooter. He's not long. He is a very average build for a dude his height. He's not like the, the stereotypical NBA body. He's 6'7", yeah. but he's got a 6'7 wingspan. Um, but he'll put an effort on defense. Davis Bertans doesn't really care. He's got his money, and he knows that he's known as a three-point shooter, so he doesn't try on defense. Kispert will put in more effort. Um, yeah. But you're right, it won't be anything shocking. But he will be an excellent fourth option on a team. Uh, like, it's just he, – he can get white hot. He can be a Joe Harris-type shooter eventually. Um, and at six seven, if he can just learn how to stay in front of people, that's a very, very valuable piece for a team. I think he's almost a lock to make the all-rookie second team. I, I think at least, he's a, yeah. at least, yeah, because he, he's just going to get like nine to 12 points a game on corner threes and just like decent defense. And that's going to be his career pretty much, maybe a little bit more than 12 points, but you get what I'm saying. Like, that's just the type of player he'll be. Um and I think that kind of wraps it up on him. Moving on, this might be one of my favorite picks of the whole night. Um, the Thunder draft Alperin Sengun, but trade him to the Rockets. The Rockets did the right thing. They got one of the highest ceiling players in the draft at 16. You guys know how I feel about Sengun. I was convinced he was going to be a superstar. I had to talk myself off the ledge a little bit there. But I, I think that pick was a slam dunk. What are you thinking, Ben? I think it was absolutely a slam dunk. This was an amazing pick um, for the Rockets. This is a, just another slam dunk for them. Sangoon is six foot nine, so he'll probably play power forward next to Christian Wood at center. Um, I really like the, this pick. I think that he could grow into really 
into being a really, really good player. Um, and especially on the Rockets, a team that's not really fighting for anything right now, it's good for him to get experience there. He's going to have to be better at defending, but I think his three-point shooting will get there. And besides that, he's, an, he's just an amazing talent. I said earlier, like weeks ago, that he was going to fall just out of the lottery and he'd be a steal for whatever team took him. And I'm standing by that. I think this is one of the steals of the draft. I did not expect him to fall this far. All the analytical darlings had him like as the fourth best player in the draft. So I thought some dude in the analytics department somewhere would, would make a case that would win over an NBA GM, but it, it didn't happen until 16. And I'm just picturing like Alpern Sengun, Jalen Green pick and roll plays. Cause Sengun's a better athlete than people give him credit for. Like he will dunk on people's heads. And I'm just picturing like, you know, we need to slow the game down. He's the only starter in the in the lineup on the court. You just give it to him down low in the post against a backup center. He's just gonna roast and toast. So right. I think I think he's gonna have a very good statistical year. Obviously that team's not gonna win a bunch of games, but Sangoon's gonna put on a show, I think. Yes, he is not a dude that's gonna be catching lobs. He's not that kind of athlete. No. <laughs> uh, but he can hold his own. He's not like the the stereotypical unable to jump white guy that most European players are seen as. Um, he lost, I think it was like 30 pounds since his MVP season. Um, and he was much more out of shape during his MVP season. Yeah. Um, so I there, there's no doubt in my mind that he's going to be a really good player for them. He's somebody where I, I just love post offense. It doesn't happen much in the NBA. I love Ennis Cantor. I love that that's his role is he just cooks people on the offense, like with post moves. Sengun's going to be able to do that. You can throw the ball to him down on the block and he can put work on whatever center he's guarding because he's got amazing finesse. He is not a brute strength to the basket. He has got all finesse, all angles. Um, It's it's just going to be cool to see him and Christian Wood together. I totally agree. I think it's going to be a unique fit. And if it doesn't work out, I think that's okay. Because one, you can either trade Christian Wood, or two, you can just stagger their minutes as much as possible so that they're not on the court at the same time. I think they both bring a unique offensive skill set to the floor. Um, the next pick was chosen by the Grizzlies, but then traded to the Pelicans and that Eric Bledsoe, Stephen Adams trade. Um, Trey Murphy. So I thought this pick was excellent. And I get on David Griffin's case a decent amount, but really the only thing they needed to aim for was shooting and they got shooting and I'm very happy with it. Yeah. He shot 43% from three, his last year at college and 93% from the free throw line. Yeah. This dude is a clutch shooter. He's, he's ready for it. Um, Like free throw shooting. Some of these guys are really good shooters and then they choke up when they go to the free throw line because they can't handle the, the pressure or like the silence. Um, and this is not him. Trey Murphy is going to be a sick piece for them. New Orleans needed a guy that can hit threes, um, that Zion Williams can get triple teamed and then kick out to. Um, he's a perfect piece. I th- don't think he'll play even a little bit of good defense. I think maybe he'll be a good team defender. Um, I'm not, I have no hopes for him on defense. Maybe he'll get there. I'm not, I mean, maybe he'll be there. I'm not sure, but offensively perfect. I think he'll do okay because he's, he's decently quick and he's got an NBA body. He's 6'8", 210 pounds. Like that's, that's big enough to kind of get in people's way. And he's like, Virginia is known as a defensive school. 
in college. Like they always put out a decent defense. So he's probably got the coaching to understand defensive schemes and stuff like that. So I have a little more hope for him on the defensive end, but overall, like a guy who could play a little bit of defense and give you the shooting. That's exactly what new Orleans needs. And they were able to get it at 17. Virginia is a school like Villanova where basically all the talent that comes out of there is ready to go, ready to play in the NBA. Um, DeAndre Hunter, I think was one of the last Virginia guys to get drafted and he is a rock solid. I think that uh, Trey Murphy is going to be rock solid as well. The next pick was by the Thunder and they drafted Trey Mann. What were your thoughts on this? This is a safety pick. Absolutely nothing wrong with this pick. He'll be a good player. He'll be a good role player for this team. Um, This was not them taking a home run, taking some massive upside guy. This was them saying, we need more talent. Let's get more guys who can shoot. Um, Every team needs guys who can shoot. Trey Mann can shoot. He can score off catch and shoots. He can pull up with the ball in his hands. Um, I don't know if he can do anything else, though. Yeah, not not really. I kind of view him as like a Walmart Lou Williams. I think he's going to do decent things off the bench, give us spark bucket, or maybe like Cameron Payne, like a similar player archetype to that. Um, just come off the bench, give you a few buckets, definitely a willing passer. Like he's definitely not a ball hog. He's not one of those guys. And he's an effective shooter. So I think he's, I think he's a nice piece. Not really like, you're, you're right. It was a safe pick. They definitely went for a single here. Just get what you know. He's already had a year. He's a sophomore, so he had a freshman year of college ball under him, so he has a little more experience than other prospects. So I like the pick. I'm not, like, enthused about it, but I don't hate it. It's kind of right there in the middle for me. Yeah, me too. Um, He actually grew two inches from his freshman to sophomore year, um, and he added a little bit to his game in his sophomore season. I think this was the right time for him to come into the draft. I think he'll be good on the Thunder. Um, I just wanted to see the Thunder with all the time they have to rebuild. I wanted to see them go for some massive home run, and they didn't do it. Um, Number 19, this is interesting. And this is like, I I think the Hornets did an excellent job. The Knicks traded the 19th pick to the the Charlotte Hornets, and the Hornets took very explosive big man with raw, raw talent, Kai Jones. Um, This dude does not know how to do anything on offense yet. Um, he doesn't have an excellent defensive IQ, but he loves getting blocks. Um, and just as a big-time defensive highlight guy and a lob threat, he's going to be amazing for Charlotte. I think this was a slam dunk pick. Um, he was rumored to go 11 at the, at the Charlotte Hornets, and they were able to get James Booknight. They did the right thing. They came back into the draft, took the guy they were aiming for anyway, and they got what LaMelo needs, right? A rim-running, athletic freak of a center. Um, I don't know how great he'll be on defense. I think he has potential to be a shot blocker. But team defense scares me a little bit with him. Um, but he's going to catch oops. He's going to have those highlight blocks. And if they can teach him how to stretch out to the corner, because he shot it okay from three-point land. Um, if they can teach him how to stretch out to the corner – I think that adds a whole other level to this kid's game. Um, I've heard really good reports about his work ethic too. I've been reading a bunch of draft stuff on him and it just seems like he's the type of guy who's going to work to be good. So I really, really loved this pick by Charlotte. Yes. Uh, I, I loved it too. The knocks on him are his offense 
besides being able to take wide open standing threes and catching lobs is not very good. Um, And despite his physical tools being amazing, he's very mobile, very quick laterally, very quick straight line speed. Um, But his defensive IQ is not great. I think he's a dude that can be coached excellently, that could be coached into perfect positions to succeed. Um, But he's not – yeah, if he's a hard worker, he'll he'll get there on his own. Um, I just think his decision-making may never get to a very good level. But if a coach can put him in smart decisions, that's all you need. And I still think he's probably tied with Kaminga as the most volatile player in this draft. Like, I like the pick because I like where he landed. But as a prospect, I still think he has a pretty good chance to, like, maybe not even be on the Hornets in three years. Um, But if he's going to work out, it's going to be in Charlotte. Their coach is amazing. They have great young talent. I think if he's going to work anywhere, it's going to be in Charlotte. Yeah, I think so. I think he will work out. Um, If he's a hard worker, he won't ever be – like, as a center, you don't have to be able to put the ball in your hands and take the ball up the floor. Your role can be very small and defined, and you can still be great for a team. Um, But – I, I, I wonder what his ceiling is. I really have no clue right now. The ceiling's crazy. Like, it's an all-star. The floor is playing in Shanghai. Right. That, that's, that's literally his level of uh, volatility. So, mm-hmm. we definitely have to keep an eye on him. Yes. Uh, number 20. This is a really, really interesting pick. Jalen Johnson. This yes. is a dude that was talented enough to be a top 10 pick. A dude who was mocked there two years ago before his season at Duke where he got injured and then kind of quit on the team. Um, This is a good place for him. He's a 6'10 power forward, 6'11 wingspan, very pretty good shooter, can play defense pretty well, um, steals and blocks and just being in the right spots. He's a very good basketball player. The only question is, can he handle it? Can he get his act together off the court? Um, and I think he's in a really good spot in Atlanta. I think he probably fit perfectly into Atlanta's locker room because Nate McMillan seems like an excellent coach, and Trey Young is a star who's not really going to put up with any bullshit because when John Collins was whining about touches, uh, Trey Young just kept doing his thing. He sucked for a couple games, but then he led the team to the Eastern Conference Finals. So I think – He's a good fit here. I think he should uh, be on the bench with Cam Reddish. I think that's a nice little wing duo off the bench. Gives you some versatility. Um, And we were talking about the Warriors' young core, the Hawks' young core, man. Onyeka Kongwu, Cam Reddish, and then this kid. I I think that's a nice little group they're putting together off their bench. Yes, DeAndre Hunter right there with him. Um, They have – I'm what is it, Kevin Herter right there with them. They've got a, a bunch of really, really good young talent. Yeah. Um, there's a pretty low chance that all of them stay on the team right in, right. in the next four years, but just like entertainment wise, they're going to be really, really fun to watch. I agree. I think, I, I don't know what his ceiling is, right? Because like I've seen, I haven't watched a ton of his tape, but like I've seen Ben Simmons, I've seen like a play, a bigger playmaker. Um, they're not going to give him the keys to the bench offense. They're not going to do that. Like they have Lou Williams to do that. They have other guys that they probably feel more comfortable giving the ball to than Jalen Johnson. So I don't know exactly what his role will be as a rookie. Um, 
But I, I think overall, like I said, for a lot of other guys, like if he's going to work somewhere, I think Atlanta's a really good spot for him to land. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just as an extra playmaker, he doesn't need to be the main guy running the offense, but just someone who can get your team lots of hockey assists mm. and can just make smart passes into the lane on cuts. I think he'll be able to do that just fine. But you're, you're certainly not looking for him to run the offense on every play. I, I agree. This is one of the most interesting picks of the night. The Knicks drafted Keon Johnson, but then traded him to the Clippers. So he's your guy. So what do you think of this fit? I don't know. Um, Kawhi Leonard is going to be missing, if not the whole season, the majority of next regular season. Yeah. Um, so Keon Johnson's going to get a lot of minutes at the the two and three. Um, he's really not fighting for with Kawhi because Kawhi is like a small forward, power forward, and Keon Johnson's six four. Um, but I just don't know. His defense is going to be excellent. They don't have a playmaker on this Clippers team. Reggie Jackson is a score-first point guard. Um, Keon Johnson needs a dude who, when he cuts, will find him. And I don't think that's this team. I think his defense, what he brings defensively to the team, will be great. But offensively, he's, this is not a great landing spot for him, in my opinion. I love it for him. I think it's a really good spot for him. I think he's going to be able to take some of Pat Bev's minutes pretty easily. Um, I think they're trying to phase Pat Bev out, honestly. Um, I just think the Clippers is a good spot for young players to land. People forget they're decent at drafting. They really are, or making moves to get good young players there. Uh, They drafted SGA. They really developed him alongside Montrez Harrell and Lou Williams that year. It's like, they know what they're doing with young talent. They definitely do. So I think this is a decent uh, landing spot for him. And because Kawhi's out, he's probably going to be able to make some mistakes that he wouldn't be able to make if Kawhi was there. Because if Kawhi's there, the expectation is be a top four seed in the West. When Kawhi's not there, it's maybe like seventh seed play in, like something like that, right? So I think he's going to have a little more room to make mistakes. And I think overall that's going to help him out. Yeah, the only thing he can't really do is shoot the ball. Um, Unreal athlete, really good defender, smart defender. Um, He just can't shoot the ball. He's not a great offensive player yet. And, I mean, maybe this will be his chance to learn it. It's not like the Clippers are going to be trying to contend with Kawhi out, though he'll get a lot of minutes. That's true. I mean, do you think the Clippers try to contend once Kawhi comes back, though? I think so. I think they're going to run right into the play up. postseason Kawhi is going to hop in like halfway through the first series and they're going to try to aim for a championship I think that would be a little bit silly they may do it they may actually do it but hoping like it was an ACL tear that Kawhi suffered right hoping that after no basketball for a year that he just comes back in the playoffs ready to go ready to be one of your main guys I think that might be a little tough to root for or tough to expect but they may do it. They may end up doing it. Paul George is good enough to get them a lot of wins. Um, I, Keon Johnson, I don't think, will really be impacting winning yet. Maybe he will on the defensive end, but offensively he is still so raw. Yeah. Um, uh, next- I, I want you to just take, the, take this away. Sorry to interrupt you. Isaiah no, Jackson, 2022, yeah. uh, traded to the Pacers. First it was traded to the Wizards, and then the Wizards traded it to the Pacers. How do you feel about Isaiah Jackson being taken 22nd? So he's on the Pacers, right? Yes. 
Okay, that's what I thought. Um, I think this is either a sign to Miles Turner that he's taking his spot, or they just want some shot blocking on the bench. I can't decide which one, because Goga Badatsi, the kid they drafted a couple years ago, just isn't what they thought he was. So I don't know if this is leaning towards cutting him and then just having a shot blocking presence on the bench. I'm not quite sure, but I know the Pacers want finished players. And basically this dude's finished. He already, he's a lob catcher and he's a shot blocker. And that's about it. There's no experimentation with him. You know what you're getting. So I think it's a decent pick. Yeah, I mean, he he was involved in the offense a lot at Kentucky for a dude who doesn't have a lot of offensive skills. Um, and he handled it just fine. Um, he will not have a major role, but he is someone who is – he's an explosive <clears throat> explosive jumper. He is very quick off his feet. Yeah. Um, and he can – he's got lots of opportunities to get lobs from Sabonis. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. I, I'm not, like, crazy about this pick, but – I don't think it was wrong. It just like Isaiah Jackson, you're never going to get a excellent player out of him. Like at best he fits. Okay. As a bench big. I would not be shocked if his career averages are like six points, four boards and like a block. You know what I mean? Like I would not be shocked at all, but there's still an Avenue in the NBA for guys like that to come off the bench, block some shots, run up and down the court. Um, Yeah. Like, like you said, I'm not in love with the pick. It's just kind of a, it's kind of a toss out just it, I think it'll help him a little bit but it's not like a big deal yeah no not an amazing pick uh I am in love with the next pick yes um and that is our boy Usman Garuba yeah. going 23rd to the Houston Rockets um this was another excellent pick this uh Rafael Stone is I think the name of the dude who does the the drafting for the Rockets yeah. Um, he said that he thinks Usman Garuba is the best defensive big in the draft class, maybe Oof. second best after Mobley. Um, but that's, that's what he thinks. He will be one of the best defensive bigs in this draft class. That's all he's bringing to this team. He's a dude yeah. who's going to come in for 14 minutes, 16 minutes a game at his best and just give you electric, really, really strong, solid defense. Yeah. I don't – that's it, though. Yeah, I, I think it's a fantastic pick, honestly, because this team struggles with defense. Like, you, we talked about it on the phone. It's a whole bunch of guys who just want their own bucket and don't really have any interest doing anything on the other end. I think Jalen Green has intentions of trying to become a good defender. Jay Sean Tate's a wonderful defender. Usman Garuba is going to step into the league as a great defender. So they're starting to build like a little bit of a culture there. And I think, I think it's a slam dunk pick, especially at 23. I did not expect him to last that long. No. Yeah. At 23, this was outstanding pick. Um, he is six, eight, two He is, he is built for the NBA already. He's been fighting against grown men in Real Madrid. Yep. Um, so he is, he's ready for this. He won't do much offensively, but he is there to be a good defensive piece. And he's going to do that excellently. I think, I think he's going to be a better version of Grant Williams on the Celtics. Grant Williams is this short stout kind of just defensive IQ guy, but can't really do anything. Like when he's on the court, I'm upset about it. I think Garuba is going to be able to get on the court and I think Rockets fans are going to be happy about it. I think they're going to get stops. I think they're going to get nice interior hockey assists. I think he's going to be a really fun player for them. Yeah. He can pass as well a little bit too. Um, 
So yeah, nothing nothing wrong with this pick at all. Nothing wrong with the next pick, Josh Christopher, six five guard out of Arizona State. Um, he's a really really good athlete. I'm not sure if I love anything else about his game. Yeah. Um, but I mean, at 24, this is this is not a bad pick at all. This dude could develop into a good shooter eventually. And it, I think it was a little bit of doting to Jalen Green already, like trying to keep Jalen Green in Houston already because they were best friends in high school, I guess, Josh Christopher and Jalen Green. So I don't think it does any harm drafting your future franchise player's best friend onto the team. I think that does a lot of help, actually. So from that standpoint, I love it. As a player, I'm not exactly sure what he brings this team. Um, we spoke about it. They already have a ton of scoring. It seems a little redundant. Um, I think he could end up being a guy who kind of just like waves the towels and fist bumps for other guys. Uh, just kind of like a cheerleader, but I'm not sure. He seems to have like natural raw scoring talent, but sometimes like if you don't do much else, your coach might not want you out on the floor. Like if you're making defensive lapses all the time and maybe if the effort slips here and there, I don't know. I'm not sure if he does anything else than scoring. So I don't know how many minutes he really is going to get. His effort from, from just the reports I've seen about him, his effort was most, for the most part, pretty solid with little bits of lapses um, in his year at Arizona State. Uh, he's very good at scoring in transition. It doesn't really matter when you don't have good outlet passers on the Rockets. Yeah. Um, but that is his elite skill if he has an elite skill that's his best skill as a basketball player is transition scoring his half court offense is nothing impressive but I think you're right just taking a guy that your best player likes um there's a lot of value in that Josh Christopher if they can work hard together they could both boost each other to be better players he's got a 6'9 wingspan so he's got potential as a defender and I was just about to say that like he's got a grown man body grown man's body already um, with like one, his weight, I think he's like 220 pounds and the wingspan's ridiculous. So if he just puts in some effort to learn the NBA defenses and stuff like that, like he'll be just fine as like a guy you can throw in, maybe grab a bucket here and there and just play some hard defense. I think that I th- actually, the more I'm talking about it, the more I like this pick. Yeah. It's the 24th pick. You're not looking yeah. for an all-star. You're just looking for another good productive piece that has some upside. Um, and 6'5", 215 with a 6'9 wingspan, that is good upside. I think it's kind of a shot in the dark, too. Like, at this point in the draft, you're just hoping they make the team. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Um, I love the next pick just because his nickname's Bones, Nashawn Highland. Um, they, they call him Bones, and I think that that's awesome. In the draft, he was announced as Nashawn Bones Highland. <laughs> um, and the fact that you get your nickname announced, that's like pretty awesome. He's an excellent shot maker. That's yeah. it. Yep. Um, six foot three, kind of skinny, 173. Uh, yes. Nuggets needed guards. I mean, they just keep taking smaller point guards. Yeah. Um, if he can defend, if he can just be a smart defender, like getting in passing lanes, he'll be good. But, I mean, right now, all he's bringing is Sean Macon. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and say this will not work out. Uh, I hate being that guy. And it's easy to bet against uh, the 20-whatever pick, right? Yeah. The 26th pick. It's pretty easy to bet against those guys. But the, the main thing I've heard about him is shot creation and unwillingness to pass the ball. 
that's what I've heard about Bones Highland. So I think on a team with Nikola Jokic that prioritizes ball movement, I just I don't see that working at all. So um, the only you know way what? it works is if he is the dude where Jokic passes it to him, and like Michael Porter Jr., when the ball's in your hand, shoot it. Um, like yeah. MPJ's not passing the ball very often, but he doesn't need to because Jokic is the dude controlling that offense. Yeah, but Nishan Island is, could do the same thing. Michael Porter's like uber efficient though, Ben. Right. Like when he catches the ball, it half of his shots go in. So it's worth it to just give him the ball and let him shoot it. For this kid, like we're not sure if it goes in at a good enough rate to make it worth it that he's not even going to look for a pass. You know what I mean? Right. Like. He has to yeah, be no, they're not comparable as scorers. You're right. Right, yeah, right. But I'm just saying, like, maybe he'll be a nice, like, G-, G League piece. I don't know. Like, I have no idea where he ends up or, like, what his ceiling is. I just think bucket getters are kind of easy to come by at this point. Like, guys who could just score 20 points, they're everywhere and in between, it seems like. Like, they're not a rare thing anymore. Right. you got to be able to do something else. Um, right, right. Yeah, we actually – I missed a player. I went straight from 24 to 26. Yeah, Quentin Grimes. We'll talk about him right now. Um, He's a junior. Great at shooting, so that's good. He shot over 40% from three. And he just seems like one of those hustle players that would fit with Tom Thibodeau at the Knicks so well. Um, I think he will get decent minutes. I know Tibbs doesn't love playing rookies and younger players, but he's a seasoned younger player. He's 21. He has a couple years of college ball under his belt. And honestly, the Knicks need three-point shooting badly and if this guy can give him that i think he deserves some minutes how do you feel about the knicks trading 19 and 21 and ending up with 25 do you think that was a smart move for them so they they were able to get some assets back for the future maybe they just weren't in love with the people at this spot in the draft um i think quentin grimes is a pretty decent player for them already um, I think he's basically budget version of Chris, Chris Duarte. Like, I think he kind of brings similar things, just the worst version. So I, I think it was worth it. I think they got a guy that's going to get minutes in a playoff series. Um, but, you know, probably not the highest ceiling, but I think he'll be an okay role player. Yeah, his floor is high enough. He'll be able to hit threes as an extra piece. And the Knicks need shooting. Um, nothing crazy about this pick. I think it was definitely the right choice. Uh, the Nets, Cameron Thomas was taken 27th. This was a name that you brought up as a potential lottery pick yesterday. Yeah. Um, this is a dude who cares about getting his buckets and nothing after that. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about first him being taken 27th and second him ending on the Nets? So I think it makes sense for him to be drafted here, personally. I think the way he plays basketball doesn't lead to winning. Um. Therefore, I also think it's an excellent pick for the Nets. Uh, I thought a team was going to reach for him, but for a team who has injuries like the Nets do, and they miss out on scoring decent, a decent amount of time with one or two of their stars being out at the same time, when this kid comes off the bench, he's going to do exactly what Karis LeVert did, only hunt for a shot, get you 20 points, and then go back to the bench. And honestly, for a team that has injuries all the time. I think it's, I think it's good. So I, I think for the most part, you're correct. Um, he did a little, uh, like, a ask me anything on Reddit where people were asking him questions and he was talking about what he's going to bring to the Nets. 
And yeah. someone asked, besides your scoring, what is the skill that people are overlooking that you have right now? And he says playmaking with the ball in his hands. Um, so he thinks he's going to – he also said he can defend one through three, which honestly I think there's a better chance of that being true than him being a playmaker. Um, yeah. But, I mean, another guy on your team who can get buckets, they just got rid of Landry Shamit. Not like he was doing a, a, like a huge job for them anyway. Yeah. But if he can be, like, the fifth-best scorer on your team behind the big three and Joe Harris, that would be very cool. Yeah. No, I mean, I th- I think it's a good pick. I hate the way he plays basketball, and I probably won't be a fan of his, but a need- he fits a need. So they definitely made the right pick there at 27. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of agree. Um, 76ers draft Jaden Springer. I don't know a lot about Jaden Springer. 6'4", 205 out of Tennessee. What can you tell me about him? I'll take this one. I'm, I don't like this pick at all. I like Jaden Springer as a prospect. Really, really good on defense. Um, has, like, decent feel for the game. Knows when to attack. Knows when to give it to other guys. So, like, he's an intel- intelligent player. But the 76ers should only be drafting shooting every single pick they have in the draft. I don't get why they're taking a guy who's not very offensively skilled and defensive-minded, especially when a guy like Jared Butler was still on the board or Isaiah Todd was still on the board. You know what I mean? Like, there were guys that could give you shooting and offense, but they chose the kid who does try his ass off. But I don't know. I just think, like, shooting should be – it says here he shoots 44% from three. I don't think that translates – um, as well as he shot. He didn't in attempt a lot of them. Exactly. Yeah. 44% on 45 shots. Like yeah. Cameron Thomas took 173s and shot a similar percentage. So it's like there's different levels of shooters. I think he's a guy who's going to be a great defensive piece, but I would have gone for an Isaiah Todd, just a, just an offensive player or Jared Butler, a ball handler who can run pick and roll and stuff. So not a huge fan. I like Jaden Springer. I don't like him on the 76ers. The one thing I'll say is Jaden Springer played for Tennessee and so did Keon Johnson. And that was yeah. an excellent, excellent defensive team. Yes. Um, so, I mean, just adding another good, smart defending guard to your team is always a good thing. Yeah. Um, 44% on 45 attempts. That's nothing. That's like one or two a game, two a game, I think. Right. Um, I don't know. It, it could end up working out for them, but like he just won't be a shooter. I don't know where they're getting shooters from. But don't you agree with me that they almost have like too much defense at this point? Like prioritize some scoring at least. Like I don't understand the draft strategy there. I don't know if I think too much defense is a problem. Without scoring though? They don't have scoring then. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. You're right. I mean, were they going to Isaiah Todd would have been a good choice. Um, he fell right out of the first round into the 31st pick. He's yeah. got some shooting touch, um, but he's not a guard. I don't know. Did they want – Jared Butler from Baylor. I, I really think either of those players, Isaiah – because you could put Isaiah Todd next to Joel Embiid on the court on the same time and have 6'10 and 7'1 on the court at the same time with totally different skill sets. I thought that would be interesting. And then Jared Butler, bro, Baylor, like – there's a case to be made that he was the best player on that Baylor team all year long. And the only reason he fell is because of his heart condition. Um, I think if he comes back with a healthy medical, I think he goes way higher than he ended up going. So. Right. But he didn't. 
Yeah, no, he didn't. Yeah, exactly. That's fair. It's fair. But I just think he was cleared from it, though. He was cleared the medical. So it's like... Yeah, I think there's a reason he fell to 40. I think more than just fears, there must be something we don't know. Um, yeah, I guess. Just, like, I, fears that we don't know about, like, how bad it could get. But, yeah, I mean, it's not an excellent pick. I, I um, would have chosen Jared Butler or Isaiah Sander. Yeah, I think if Jared Butler is healthy, he'll be the best second-round pick. Um, yeah. Without a question. That wouldn't shock me. I also like BJ Boston, the dude who went 51st. Um, <laughs> he's like a just a very low-rated, like high-potential young guy. But yeah. moving on, 29, Dayron Sharp, big, big man. Big um, man. Traded to the Nets, a team that needs big, big men. Um, what do you think about this? And what do you think about him on the Nets? So yesterday I made a mistake on the podcast saying that he showed up 25 pounds overweight. It was actually the opposite. He showed up 25 pounds lighter. So that drastically impacts how I view him as a prospect. So apologies <laughs> on that. But yeah, he's just a giant man. Just like you're absolutely right. They need giant men on the nets. And I think this is a guy <laughs> who can just slam the boards because we know DeAndre Jordan doesn't really get minutes anymore. Nick Claxton is really fun, but like up against Joel Embiid, he would get eaten alive. I think Dayron Sharp at least has the chance to like make it hard for Joel Embiid, like just the size of demand Joel Embiid has to move, I think makes it a little more difficult. And I think that's what they're going for. Yeah, no, yeah, he is. I think he'll be a solid big man, especially on the nets. All he needs to do is get bruised going up against big bodies on defense and get some boards. Um, His role is not going to be that big. I think he'll do it just fine. I just I, – I like him. I like how strong he is. 25 pounds down, that may not even be, a, like, a good thing for him. That may be too much. Yeah, um, yeah. Because he needs some of that, even if it is fat. But I, I, I'm excited for him on the Nets. I, I think he's just, like, a pretty cool prospect. Yeah, I think he's a good fit. I think that was the right pick, especially at that point in the draft. Like, I just feel like you're going for specialty players, right? Like, he's not going to add a jump shot. He can't hit free throws. He's not a great passer, but he fits the role. Just play defense, put a can on the rim, get some boards, and hustle your ass off. And I think that's what they're getting with him. Yep, I 100% agree. Um, So on to the last pick in the first round. Santi Aldama was taken 30th and traded to the Grizzlies. Um, This is not a dude I know a whole lot about. I know that he's had pretty – like his accolades are not that bad. Um, he was playing in Spain or he's from Spain. Um, he played in Loyola, but I, I don't know. It's, it's the 30th pick this dude. You're not hoping for a whole lot here. Yeah. I had to legitimately do some reading this morning on this guy. Like I had never even heard of him throughout this entire draft process. Um, he's just a really tall player. Uh, he's six foot 11, but he kind of, has some interesting skills. He's a decent passer, shoots the ball well. Um, you know, the, the kind of, it sounds like stereotypical, but like a Euro type player, you know what I mean? That type of skill set. He's okay with passing the ball. He's okay with shooting the ball, especially at such a large size. So I don't know how I feel about this. I don't really think anything's gonna come out of this. I think he might be like a guy that 
Grizzlies put in the G League for a little bit to see if they can develop him and then bring him back up. But as of right now, I don't know a ton about him. And, yeah, that's, a, that's about it. Yeah, so he is pretty much an, a well-rounded offensive player. I mean, at 6'11", being able to dribble and pass, that's a big skill. Yeah. Um, and I think he's not a bad shooter as well. Nothing, like, crazy, but uh, he's someone who can catch and shoot, and he's someone who can catch and drive because he can put the ball on the floor. Um, you're really not hoping for a lot with him. But, if I mean, if he brings a little bit of something offensively, if he can shoot, man, the Grizzlies need shooters. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, he probably won't turn into anything, but he could. He could be an all-around pretty solid offensive player. Yeah. And before we close this up, I want to go through some of the second-round draft picks that have some name recognition because I know a bunch of these guys. No one even knows who they are. So I'm just going to go through a few um, that have some name recognition. I'm going to start with Luca Garza from Iowa getting drafted to the Piston. He was the player, he's the college player of the year, but not a great NBA prospect just because he has horrible foot speed. Um, like the slowest guy out there. Um, but he lost 25 pounds. In college, he averaged like 22 and 10 on like 50, 40 and close to 90, I think. Um, I, think it's a, I think it's a good pick for the Pistons. It, it doesn't matter if he doesn't work out. And if it does, they have a nice little bench scoring big man. You brought up BJ Boston. What do you think about that pick? Um, just the fact that he was available at the 51st pick. I mean, I, I just think he's got upside. He's mm -hmm. a very young dude. Um, all these guys, when they're 18 years old, you see flashes of them doing a couple of cool things and you think yeah. like, what if we could make that permanent? Um, and that's how I feel about him shooting the ball and handling the ball is yeah. like, he could definitely become very good at those eventually. Um, he's not there yet, but I mean, he has, he's been on my radar for like two years. He's someone that I've seen like mixtapes for. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, at pick 51, you can't really go wrong. He was the fifth best player in his high school class. Like he was insane in high school. He just had, we think Zaire Williams had a bad college start. This dude plummeted his stock. So I think it's good reason just to keep an eye on him just because we've seen the potential. Um, Sharif Cooper to the Hawks, Rondo-esque. Yeah, Rondo-esque, has a horrible jump shot, but really a skilled passer, can hit free throws pretty well. I think that's a wonderful fit. Uh, Greg Brown, the big man from Texas, I think that's – he got traded to the Blazers. That's a home run pick. He, I mean, that's going to be interesting to keep an eye on. Jared Butler, I mentioned him previously. He got traded to the Jazz. I love that pick for him to just sit behind Mike Conley um, and Donovan Mitchell. What do you think about JT Thor or Ayo Dasunmu to the Bulls? Do you like either of those? I like Ayo Dasunmu to the Bulls. Um, he's an Illinois kid. He played in Illinois. He grew up in Illinois. Um, I think this is a good place for him to end up. He's not a bad scorer. Um, he had a pretty good sophomore year. I don't know what the Bulls are really looking for out of him, but just like a bench scorer, he could yeah. absolutely be that. Um, if they get a playmaker, I've been saying this since last year, if the Bulls get yeah. a playmaker, this team gets so much more deadly. Um, yeah. And I think he helps with that. I think just an extra guy who can hit shots is great for this team. 
Yeah. And by the way, uh, while you said that, Ricky Rubio got traded to the Cavs for like a bag of beans and yeah. the Bulls could do that at any time and they chose not to. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, that, um, was, a, that was a little upsetting. So many teams could have gotten Ricky Rubio and now he's yeah. in Cleveland. Yeah. So JT Thor, super raw prospect, just a big dude, goes to the cup hard from Auburn. I think that's a nice pick for the Hornets. Uh, Miles McBride just tries really hard. Same thing with Herb Jones to the Pelicans, just has like Super, super effort. Um, don't know this Rokos Jabatis guy, but just for the name, I'm going to be tuning in just to see if he turns into anything. Could you pre- attempt to pronounce the last name of the 60th pick here from the, the box? Oh. <laughs> Georgios Kalizak- Kalizakis? I, that's as close as I could get. All right. So, Antum, once Atentacumpo, Mohamed Dadaki, Dakati. Mm. Um, DiVincenzo, they're going to win every Scrabble game they play with those last names. Um, they also took Sandro Mamu Kalashavili. Yeah. Mamu Kalashavili. Yes. Yeah. Um, ridiculous. Lots of Greek dudes. Maybe that'll be cool next to Giannis. Maybe that'll give them some, uh, like a little bit of a, some, some stuff that they can like, bond over you know but yeah just long last names bro yeah i think there's a low chance either of those guys ever sniffs an nba court yeah no um so the magic got jason preston who has a super cool story went to ohio college led his team to the tournament kind of like a jason kidd-esque type of game like he's gonna average like 11 8 and 6 um on efficient shooting he came from like a d2 school and then just lit it up when he got to d1 that's pretty cool Isaiah Todd, obviously, I'm a big fan of him. I think he's probably going to be the best player from the second round, just being six foot ten with some offensive games. So, yeah, those are a few second uh, round names to keep an eye on. I do want to find the Celtics kid really quick. Sam Hauser. Oh, yeah, no. Juhan Bagarin. He's a French point guard, I believe. 6'5". Yep, big dude, 6'5", 190. Um, I think we're going to stash him, though. He's very young. He was born in 2002. Yeah, That's, very, very young. Yeah. We've got a pick that we've had stashed since last year, Yam or Yam Madar, yeah. um, who's been playing in Israel. Yeah. Um, I don't know what we're planning on doing with him, but now we got two. The, the Celtics just signed an undrafted – or, yeah, an undrafted dude named Sam Hauser, who graduated yeah. from Virginia, averaged 16 points per game, shooting 50-40-90. Um, oh, nice and was a big man and didn't get drafted because he was old. Okay. Um, So there's a bunch of players like that who fall into the second round just because they're old, who could end up being great for their teams. Yeah, so I think that's everyone you need to know in the second round. Hopefully a few cool risers come out of there. But I think that wraps everything up. Draft was awesome. Summer League starts in just like a week. So – yeah, we have an eventful week. Ben, you got anything to say before we get on out of here? Um, just that your guy, Isaiah Todd, we didn't talk a lot about him, but he was 31st. Yeah. Um, if there's anybody out of the second round that's going to make a name for himself, it's going to be him or Jared no. Butler. Him, Jared Butler, and I think Sharif Cooper too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably right. Those, those are the three guys from the second round to keep an eye out on. And, yeah, I think it wraps everything up. Thank you guys for listening. Um, peace. Peace, guys. Thanks, everybody, for listening in. If you want to interact with us at The Chase Down, make sure to find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Blogger at The Chase Down Pod to join the conversation. Peace, everybody.